Think you know what way it's going to go? Make your bet at Sports Interaction. Whether it's hockey, football, or basketball, Sports Interaction has you covered. Bet pregame, live and play, or on one of our many prop bets. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see all that sports betting has to offer. Want to bet? Head to sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. That's sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. 19 plus. Please play responsibly. Hey, Warriors fans, how's it going? What a game. What a Saturday night. So excited to be here uh, with you all. Uh, obviously, Dennis couldn't be here. It's his mom's birthday, so happy birthday to Mrs. Lee. Hope you're doing well. No clue how old you are, but hope you have a great birthday nonetheless. Obviously, this victory was another, hopefully is a fantastic birthday present for you. Uh, the Oilers... <laughs> The Oilers bring Bruce Boudreaux's coaching career out to pasture, poetically, as it should have ended, on a JT Miller giveaway, leading directly to a Ryan Nugent Hopkins and an uh, empty net goal. Uh, the Oilers played awesome. They win their sixth straight in a row. Uh, they they played great. Start to finish, um, I think for the most part, the Oilers did show up. Obviously, there, there was definitely a bit of a scare in the middle of the game. We can't deny that. Um, we're going to get into all that, the play of Stu, uh, the special teams, the penalty kill specifically showed up in the third period. It came out huge. We'll talk about that. Uh, we'll talk about everything. The goals, McDavid, Zach Hyman, four point night. He was, he, the refs tried to stop him, but they couldn't deny him. And he gets the assist on the empty net goal. Six games in a row. The Oilers are storming back. Uh, they didn't get any help in the standings tonight. Um, I'm. I don't know if someone in the chat wants to let me know. I'm not going to look it up. Someone in the chat wants to let me know if LA won tonight. Uh, we know it, Seattle went to overtime, so that game's still going on. So we'll we'll check how that ends. Um, and then who else played today? Let's see. Uh, Calgary also won today. Yeah. So the Oilers definitely needed a victory in regulation. They got one. Uh, LA lost. So that's huge. So I believe the Oilers then would be sitting in third in the Pacific, which awesome. Uh, but yeah. So let's see. How's everyone in the chat doing? Why is Kyle? It was electric. Yeah, that building was rocking. The Bruce, there it is. Bruce, there. all those chants were flying. Canucks fans were out in full force. Let's, let's, before we get into all that, like, let's talk about the situation around Bruce Boudreaux. I'm so hyper-focused on the Oilers that I tend to be an outsider when it comes to greater issues uh, around the NHL. So I don't necessarily see everything and whatnot but from my understanding bruce brujo has a really good record as the head coach of the vancouver canucks uh and somehow they've shit the bed this season they have a bunch of garbage albatross contracts on their roster that aren't doing anything no one knows what they are and somehow bruce brujo is being put out to pastor he's being scapegoated which Everyone can tell clearly. I've never seen such public support for a coach. And so, like, so obviously, the ownership is probably stewing. Every time Canucks fans were making that chant, it was uh, Francisco Aquilini was probably having a heart attack. It was hilarious to see. Whoever, if you guys, let's see, there's 25 people watching now. You guys want to go ahead, hit the like button. But yeah, it didn't really make sense to me. They obviously, they're waiting. I know the Canucks are supposed to have a lighter schedule, so they're waiting to fire Boudreaux. Uh, hopefully they place a bunch of easier teams. They go on a run similar to how Bruce Boudreaux did last year. But then my thing is, okay, what happens the next year when Pockets team struggles? Are they just going to do this again? Because they're 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 trading Horvat apparently for players, and not, they don't want to picks back. And 
They're looking to re-sign Kuzmenko. Literally, I, I don't know. I don't understand. They literally make no no sense to me whatsoever. Um, which is really funny. And I always talk about the mismanagement of the Oilers and whatever, but watching the Canucks really put stuff into perspective for me. The Oilers have a certain way of doing business and they, they tend to focus on, on, on that. And whether you agree with it or not, I guess is how you perceive it to be mismanagement, but it's not at least like the Canucks. The Canucks are just horrible lawsuits, litigation, mistreating employees, mistreating their players, signing the wrongs player. I see in the chat, someone mentions Ethan Bear. Thank you for bringing that up. I had something I would want to wish Ethan Bear all the best. Obviously he wasn't in the game tonight. I'm personally a huge Ethan Bear fan. Um, wasn't in the game tonight. His dog sadly passed away. We all I'm sure everyone has experience knowing how tough that could be. Just wish him all the best. And hopefully, obviously the wound will never heal, but hopefully he feels better soon and is back in the lineup. But, uh, yeah, black mascara goalie interference for sure. Yeah. Well, we'll I'm going to break down the game in a second here and we will get to that call. So let's, yeah, let's start in the first period. Uh, Stu back in the net after, uh, he's missed up five games in a row, which I think was really good. So you could tell Stu definitely needed some rest towards the end of his, his tent, his like his, towards his prior start. So it was good to give him the five games off Campbell back to, you know, hopefully knock on wood Campbell kind of back in form and Stu gets back in this game against a, de a decent opponent, at least offensively. Uh, and we get to see how he acts on some rest after his all-star nod first game after his kid. Uh, so yeah, it was good to see Stu there, and obviously he played fantastic. The only goals that he let in was the breakaway goal from Kuzmenko, who was around it all night. Kuzmenko was probably the Canucks' best forward by a mile. Uh, and then it was the uh, JT Miller goal from distance. Yeah, JT Miller got that one, the seeing eye shot through. Again, would you like him to have it? Sure, but not really much you could do there. Uh it's a good thing Zach doesn't cover cover game over Vancouver. Yeah, I don't really know what's going on in Vancouver, but yeah, we moved up. Uh, the Canucks have been a disaster team this season with expectations to see playoff action high, but most likely finish well outside of a playoff spot. All right, David W. Awesome. Thank you. Um, But yeah, let's go back. So then the Canucks, there was a lot of energy around the game. The entire hockey world was talking about it, and the Canucks came out really hard. First three shifts, Skinner had to make really, really good saves. He held the Oilers in it. The McDavid line gets on the ice. Hyman, stretch pass, McDavid, breakaway. 40th goal, 48th game. Absolute delight. I, McDavid was pumped up after that goal, which you, obviously Connor doesn't have the biggest celebrations all the time. So when he's excited after a goal, jacks me up. That was fantastic to see. Um, huge celebration from him. Uh, the Canucks were making uh, turnovers in transition. Um... There, there was a play I noticed early. I, I saw Quinn Hughes was like slamming a stick on the ice, like a, you know, kind of in, like you're playing beer league, trying to demand a pass, didn't get the pass, and you just see his hands go in the air. It's like, oh, what the hell? What's that? So that was that was interesting to see. The, the, the stuff just isn't right with the Canucks. It, it's just so weird to me watching the, their demeanor. And if that happened on the Oilers, we all, and especially if a European player on the Oilers did that, we know there'd be 200 hockey men jumping out and pointing their fingers at it and telling him no. But yeah. Anyways, after the Hughes play, uh, Day I I noticed Deharnay's reach on uh, on the next couple shifts allowed um allowed the Nugent Hopkins, Costin, and Pooley RV to establish the cycle and then keep it going. I thought Deharnay again was really effective. Did everything he asked him to do. Uh, the depth players again were really effective in keeping cycles going in the offensive zone. They all looked really good. 
Uh, I liked the that that duo of wingers, the Cost and Pugliarvi one. I thought McDavid had a ton of good shifts between them. I thought Nugent Hopkins actually had a ton of good shifts between them. They 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 looked awesome, and that that's a real positive to see. I think the eleven and seven has benefited the Oilers a great amount for whatever reason. I I I don't know the deep balanced defense and more structure in the game over the last six games, and obviously it's a clear recipe for success. So yeah, what else? happened in the first after that uh the Canucks were pressuring a bit I noticed I think the Canucks really in the first period they got pressure four minutes left and right off the jump but the Oilers controlled the play through and through I know the shots at the end of the period finished 10 to 10 but the Oilers were far more dominant um right at a, a little bit later in the period RNH had a beauty feed to 97 two on one Zach Hyman taps it home Another great goal. Zach Hyman in on everything. Nugent Hopkins, another point. 97, obviously, his second point of the night. Um, and, yeah, the Oilers didn't stop there. Bush and Fogel had a had a three-on-two where, you know, Fogel flubbed a decent amount of chances tonight. It's really funny when you see Warren Fogel on the, on, on the, on, going on breakaways because sometimes you'll just see the seven and you'll be like, whoa, but then you'll see the three and you're like, oh, well, you, you could go to the bathroom. It doesn't matter. He's missing the net wide. Um... But yeah, no, that was really funny. I thought Fogel was, for the most part, effective. Uh, MGD in the chat says, do you think the 11-7 and 7 works because McDavid is a workhorse and can be double-shifted a lot and make any longer? Yeah, that, that tends to make sense. And I do think that's why they are they were, at least, and I, I think they still are leaning towards getting another center um, at the trade deadline. I think that's why they make calls on Horvath. That's why they make calls on Taves. Um, so they can don't they have another guy they're comfortable with that can help bring up those bottom wingers play McDavid and Josh Settlemore but that's right would you rather have Devin Shore on the fourth line or Connor McDavid pretty self-explanatory McNader in the chat Hyman had a great game hustle paid off absolutely Hy Hyman's had four disallowed goals this year and he still has what what, what was that uh 20 24 goals on the season now and he's had four disallowed He's a, and he passed his career high in points tonight on the on the third goal of the game. Uh, the RNH uh, in the second period, RNH had a stretch pass uh, to Hyman, and Hyman kind of a little one tap, one hands it to Leon, one timer right through Spencer Martin's five hole, three nothing. We th I thought it was game over there. I I know the Canucks led lead the league or led the league up to a point, and I guess they're second in the league now in comebacks in the third, multi goal comebacks, whatever. But you just sense like the aura around the team. They seem dead. They seem like they they just seem so gassed. It was the second half of a back to back. I personally would not have put money on in sports interaction on the Canucks coming back, and they didn't. They made it real damn close though. The Oilers got a little bit lucky uh, in some regard, especially in that second period. And what is it with the second periods? Even in the last five game stretch, it seems like the Oilers dominate, control the first, like they're a top three team in the NHL and they play fantastic they play every single line top to bottom is thriving cycling creating chances then the opposition they can't break out they can't establish a cycle the Oilers are beating the forecheck it's two passes out of the zone they switch sides of the ice and it's like they forgot how to do all of that it's like they just get like it's like when you're playing NHL 12 and you're the home team and you go to the you go to you flip sides at the second at the first intermission and you're just like you're shooting down and it just trips you outside and you don't know what you're doing it's for the last six games it seems like that's the oil it's like someone's controlling them 
uh, playing manually through NHL 12 in just the, those second periods. They have so much trouble. The third, they had a little bit of trouble today. Not as not nearly like a second period, but yeah, that's that's what it kind of what it seems like to me. What's going on in the chat, Avery? What's up? How's it going, man? Um, glad you're here. I know you're in Toronto. I hope you're enjoying yourself at the event you're at. Um, glad you're there. Glad you're having fun. Uh, had H on my mind, but sorted out Lindsay. Um, best thing is that Hyman still has more points than Austin Matthews. That is true. The Oilers, by the the night ended with four Edmonton Oilers in the top 15 in NHL scoring. <laughs> that is unbelievable. Oh my God. Almost 28, per, like 28% of the top 15 scores in the NHL wear Edmonton Oilers jerseys. That is unbelievable. Mike Kang, did Poole have a good game? I thought Jesse Pooley-Arvey played with a lot of confidence. Let's check his ice time here. Uh, Jesse had, he made a play in the second period where he kind of chipped it to himself, put it on net, and Martin had a really good chance. He had a play, Costin set him up in the slot. Um, he definitely was around it more. There was a three-on-two uh, with Costin as well, where he passed to Costin. Costin had a great slot shot. He kind of missed the net. Um, for some reason, it exited me out of the box score here. So just bear with me while I pull up the ice time here, guys. Pooley RV played more than he did last game. He was 12.06. I thought he was very noticeable. It, it looks like it's zeros across the board on the score sheet. Um, but I thought he was around it. Let's just check his natural stat trick real quick here. Uh, where is Jesse Pooley RV? Yeah, okay. So Pooley RV, wow, fantastic. Controlled 90% of the course he four when he was when he was on the ice. Uh, Fenwick for, let's see, let's just go to shot attempts here. Yeah, so Jesse Pugliarvi was on the ice tonight. The Oilers had nine shot attempts on net, and the Canucks only got two in that, in that, those entire 12 minutes. He played great tonight, uh, in, just in terms of his defensive play. He was super noticeable. Uh, he wasn't on for a goal against. His, uh, goals for percentage, I cannot see that. He controlled 86% of the expected goals when, when he was on the ice. Yeah, Awesome. Four hits for JP. Thanks for adding that MGD. Yeah, Jesse was noticeable. This is like, I know people are going to point to the contract and whatever, and yeah, you're not maybe not getting tangible production, but he's doing everything but score, and he helped his team win tonight. He played a crucial role in the Oilers winning. Um, so yeah, there's that. Uh, what else happened? Um, I thought Kane was also around it a lot. He doesn't have any points, I think, since he's been back, but like he had a great tip in the second on a Bouchard shot on net. Spencer Martin had to make a really good save. Uh, Evander Kane, how many sh just shots did he have? Let me just check right here. Does it say, uh, four shots on goal. So similar to Jesse. Yeah. So Kane's been around it. It's going to come for Kane. I think he, we have two more games before the all-star break. Uh, I'm hoping after the all-star break, this is a good ramp up for him. And then after the all-star break is where I'm really hoping that pro the actual production picks back up for Evander Kane for sure. Um, yeah. And then the Kuzmenko breakaway goal, like what can you do? Skinner was fantastic all-star level goaltending. I know some people don't agree with that. They just say, oh, it's the Pacific Division. But you know what? Skinner is an all-star, and he gave an all-star level performance. Tonight, Kuzmenko comes down, scores uh, on a breakaway. It just beat Skinner, too. He was so close to stopping it. That's Kuzmenko's a elite talent, and what can you do there? Uh, and right after that, you could kind of feel the momentum flipping. Um Pedersen comes right to the end of the period. He smashes through Philip Broberg with a giant body check, which you don't really expect. It was some sweet on sweet violence. Um, yeah, that was kind of shocking. Philip Broberg's got to keep his head up there. We got 36 people watching. 
Um, you guys definitely don't have 36 likes. If you guys, my like old night's going to be 30. So I know it's Saturday night. Everyone's probably out. Everyone's probably having fun. I hope everyone's staying safe. I'm sure everyone will get to the video tomorrow. Um, but yeah, if you guys want to just go ahead, smash that like button really means a lot to you, to me being here. And obviously you can't have this show without you. Mick, Mick, Mickinator, Black Mask, Hairi, MGD. Uh, awesome. What did, uh, Mickinator say? Kane looking a bit rusty, expected, uh, but we like to see him shake that off. Yeah, I, I, I do think he has looked a bit rusty. I think there's a little bit less velocity on a shot. It's not a place maybe, and I know he's had a lot, like a high volume of shots since he's come back, but like, they just don't feel the same, like. Maybe they're not from the same place. I don't know. There's something a little bit less dangerous feeling about him. Uh, even in this game, I had to check. I thought he like got injured or benched or something because I didn't notice him for like a long stretch of that second period. And then all of a sudden, third period, I was like, oh, there's Kane. He's up with Dressed out on Ryan again. It's a little bit weird. Um, Wise Kyle, I'm in van but still made it on time. So glad you could join us, man. What did you think of the game? What was the atmosphere like? Tell me that. Did you... Did you... Um, because like i could hear the let's go oilers chance on tv i could hear the bruce there it is chance on tv the con it looked though to be like they looked like there were so many empty seats like what was the vibe like in the arena was there tension was it people just like did they not care like it just seemed so weird i don't think i can remember an nhl game like vancouver is um famous for having just the weirdest vibes in an nhl game shaden's in the chat one one three system Thank you for pointing that out. It was noticeable, definitely. Um, again, I should say noticeable. I'm not the biggest systems guy. I need someone like Bruce Kerlock to draw up a chart and point to the systems and have those circles and arrows and whatever, and then I can notice them. I, I will say I made a concerted effort in the defensive zone and neutral zone to look for the structure, and I could sometimes point it out. Like, I notice it specifically when Ryan McLeod's on the ice. He's really good at following the system, but... Um, yeah, no, it definitely has made a difference over the last six games that I, I think, and the smarter people than me have pointed this out. That is one of the biggest switches, the defensive structure in the Oilers game, right? Like just when you play with more structure, you pay with more pace, you pay with more urgency, you're going to win more often than not, especially when you have the talent that you do. So thank you for bringing that to the chat, Shane. Um, I would, I wouldn't have, I was going to overlook that. So I appreciate that. Uh, MGD. I don't think it was a solo crowd. Always seemed to be empty seats when the camera panned. Yeah, I noticed that. And I, was, I wasn't I was sure if I just noticed it like, you know, end of intermission, people are still getting their food, going to the bathroom, whatever. Uh, but I, it, it it definitely was a little bit noticeable. And the thing, this is the thing about Vancouver. In Vancouver, when the team isn't doing good, people stop showing up. And it starts to hit the wall. So I think that is why they don't, that might be a big reason why they don't want to rebuild. They know if they rebuild, people won't show up. But at the same time, you show a rebuild, you show a plan for success. And especially this year is the year of all year to rebuild since 2015, right? And we as Oilers fans know that better than anyone. Um, so, yeah, it, it's a super interesting thing. Uh, nobody was cheering for the Canucks. Quarter cheering for the Oilers, two-thirds cheering for just Bruce. West were mad at the Canucks. That is so funny, man. I can't even imagine what that environment must be like. Um, Yeah, that's that's got to be such a weird game to be at, man. But... I'm glad you're there. I'm glad the Oilers won for you when you're there. Matthew Barton, I was at the game. The whole upper bowl was sold out. Yeah, I, I think that came through. Like, I, I you can't see the upper bowl, but again, it, it, that that makes sense because you couldn't, there was empty seats, but it the chants were so loud. Like, I, I hard to remember an Oilers game this year with chants that loud. So, 
uh, it was really interesting. What about Miller getting mad on the bench? Yeah, after the, after the disallowed goal, well, before it was disallowed, Miller just freaking out. Canucks have him for a, seven more years starting next year, eight years now. Like, pff, good luck with that one. He had the decisive giveaway to the empty net goal. Like, they Canucks had pressure too. So, yeah, not... I don't know what they're doing. Literally, I, I I wish I knew more to go on a rant about the Canucks management, break it down for you guys. But frankly, I just know what I read on Twitter and see on podcasts and whatnot. And doesn't seem fun to be there. But yeah, the JT Miller from JT Miller scored from distance. Um, that was you know, whatever. Maybe like Skinner have it, whatever. Uh, after that, there was a few scrums. Skinner was knocked down. Uh, Nurse and DeHarnay go after Dakota Joshua. I'm, if I'm not mistaken, Dakota Joshua is who Darnell Nurse fought in the preseason. So uh, I wasn't. Uh, I, I was worried that Nurse would have another fight. Um, Canucks. Then the Canucks in the third. Also, they started to have like a big amount of pressure. They had seven shots in a row. Then you have Derek Ryan get a breakaway and on a breakaway where he's being drove into the net gets a goalie interference penalty. I mean, whatever. The Oilers won. I'm not going to complain about it. It seems very stupid. Jim Bacon in the chat. Nurse wasn't noticeable. I'm going to take that as a positive. Because when Nurse is noticeable, I mean, yeah, he can. does definitely have offensive skills. But a lot of people seem to notice him this year for 10 belt giveaways. So if he wasn't noticeable, that's a positive. And McNader, thank you. Thank you for echoing what I said. That's probably a good thing. Um, But yeah. Uh, where was... I, after that, yeah, the Ryan penalty, that was dumb. But this is where the penalty kill came through. And it's so crucial. And it just goes to show with the goals against 5-on-5 five five coming down and the goals against shorthanded coming down, the penalty kill skyrocketing when you needed it most. That penalty kill also, I thought it was really interesting because uh, one of the changes Jay Woodcroft made earlier was not having 97 start the penalty kills. And now, especially on that one, not only did McDavid start that penalty kill, he was double shifted on that penalty kill. If you didn't notice, they were really putting, they were going all out to kill that penalty. They did. Uh, I thought Nugent Hopkins is another guy, super hard on the stick. Um, the second there was any sort of bobble by a Canucks player, Nugent was on him in two seconds on the boards. He his board play tonight noticeably. I think this season as a whole, I think playing with Zach Hyman just like it's rubbed off on Clint Clausen, it's rubbed off on Ryan Nugent Hopkins. He seems stronger on his stick and on the boards. He seems a lot tougher. He was always decent defensively. He's always been got had a good defensive game. But there's something to me about this year, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. The, the amount of pressure he puts on his stick. We got 42 people watching now. We still only got 25 likes. We need five more to hit the like below 30. Uh, there was at a 3-0 lead. Uh, well, that's why we're making it 30. So, anyways. Darnell Nurse gets the Dion Phaneuf treatment in Edmonton. Mm, I could see that. I could definitely see that. I think Darnell is more loved than Dion Phaneuf. I know. The thing with Darnell is... We don't expect Darnell to put up 25 points. I know some people sit put out this narrative. If Darnell was on the power play and 25 more secondary assists, everyone would love him. No. If Darnell nursed in the last two minutes doesn't make 10 bell giveaways to uh, players alone in front, then everyone would love him. That's all we ask from Darnell. And to Darnell's credit, I think he's played a lot better. Another thing for Darnell... Darnell Nurse is also getting a lot of flack for plays that CC made. Even today in the third period, there was a play. Let me just see if I can find it in my in my notes. Yeah, right after Kane goes to hit Kuzmenko on the boards as the Canucks were on transition back in the Oilers zone. It was some Dan Milstein on Dan Milstein client violence right there. And CC gets walked and completely blows his coverage and leaves Nurse alone on the other side as the Canucks guy goes in. I, I 
I think it was Pedersen who had a fantastic chance and was an even better save by Skinner. Um, but yeah, that it, it's a, there's a lot of like CC has not been near the player that he's been last year, and that's greatly affected Darnell Nurse. Darnell Nurse just as much he's trying to put up points to make up for his contract, he's trying to make up for the lack of play by his um by his defense partner. Like like CC excelled in Pittsburgh as a third pairing right deep def- right shot defenseman in Edmonton last year. He did really well with Nurse. It's not working this year. There's been every game we can point to five plays where there's blown coverage, blown giveaways. They lose their man. They they get crossed up in the in the defensive zone and the penalty kill together. It just there does not work with them anymore out together. CC just doesn't have the offensive skills to consistently be on the ice with guys like Leon and Connor. Like you'd like to see Broberg and Bouchard out there more. Nurse needs a different type of partner, and I think that's something we can talk about in a bit. Uh, that kind of leads to the whole what kind of defenseman should they get at the blue line? Should it be a, should it look for that you know amazing left shot? Should they look for a right shot? Should they uh, whatever? Uh, CC is playing above his ability. MGD, that's where I'm going to disagree with you. I think CC played above his ability last year. I think this year uh, we're kind of seeing the true Cody CC. McNader, Vancouver's going to win a fire sale. Is Kuzmenko available? Someone from oil? Oh, for, for some reason they want to resign him. Doesn't make sense. I think he's going to want a lot of money, and I think he's, uh, put, he's put up a lot of points. Kuzmenko might get you more than Bo Horvat because he makes $950,000 and he's a UFA at the end of the year. Every contender could fit him in, and every contender could use a player that good. Like, he was the Canucks' best player tonight, I thought. Uh, but yeah, Wise Kyle, thank you for that. Echoing what I said again, uh, they want to re-sign him. So, yeah, thank you for that in the chat. Uh, what's up with you, Black Mascara? I wouldn't either. They're both super awesome. But yeah, let's get more likes, guys. We still need to hit, hit 30 here. Um, and then, yeah, right after that, uh, then Hyman goes and tips into Evan Bouchard's shot. Um, it was called goalie interference after Bruce Boudreau challenged it. Why Bruce Boudreau even challenged it, I don't know. He's helping that organization when they literally have brought him out to the porch like old Yeller, and they're still asking him to do shit for him. Like, it's, like, he knows, he knows this bait. He's crying in every interview, and, and he's still challenging goals? Like, come on, Bruce. Uh, yeah, that was, that was a little crazy. But yeah, they call it back. I mean... The puck looked like it was going in. Uh, I honestly, I gave up on that one. I had literally no clue what they were going to call that. Like, the puck looked like it was going in. Hyman definitely interfered with um, Martin. There's no question about that. It's more of just a matter, did the puck go in? Was the puck going in anyways? It's not the worst one we've seen. Chances are there's going to be a goal tomorrow where that's identical, where where it counts, but it's the NHL. What can you do? It sucked. If they lost that game, I'd probably be way more irate. But nevertheless, uh, the Canucks go no goal. It seems like this is going to be a storybook ending to uh, Bruce Boudreau's uh, career in Vancouver. But it was a different type of storybook ending when, with an empty net goal, JT Miller with the giveaway to Ryan Nugent, to Zach Hyman, who passes to Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Four point night for Hyman, empty net goal for Nuge, and JT Miller. Uh, giveaway ends Bruce Boudreaux's career as the head coach of the Vancouver Canucks. Remy Duke. Remy Duke. Caves would be great. And you know what? I've come around more on Jonathan Caves at, at first, and I still am. I still, I still, I still believe that the, num- that the number one target should be the best defenseman on the market. Left shot, right shot to me, Jacob Chikrin, whatever. If you don't want to give up Philip Broberg in that deal, I understand it. Personally, 
And I, I could be wrong. And let Broberg prove me wrong. He's been a lot better. Today, I think, let's actually check this tonight. Let's check the Philip Broberg stat line. How much did Philip Broberg? Philip Broberg played 16-27. He was a minus one. He had an assist stolen from him. I thought he was effective. Let's just check his natural stat trick real quick. Philip Broberg, where is he? Uh, this says 5-on-5, uh, five five, but it's only 15-51. Uh, he controlled... 50% of the Corsi for the shots were five for the Oilers and seven against when he was on the ice. It definitely wasn't his best night. This is probably his weakest night in a while. And to me, this is the thing. When he plays more, if you start getting, a, these aren't bad results by any means. So don't get me wrong. Not bad results by any means, but you can't trick yourself after a five game stretch of great play into thinking Philip Broberg's the answer on your left lefty because just like everyone was applauding Ken Holland, and they were, everyone was like, you know what? He didn't panic. Great. He didn't go and trade all his assets to bring in a defenseman to stop the bleeding. He let the Oilers figure it out themselves. You can't, just like you didn't overreact to that, you can't overreact to this play from Philip Broberg. Obviously, I hope he excels. Obviously, I know he's going to get better. But again, getting better in the future doesn't matter. The future for the Oilers is now. So you, you can't take that play and overreact. If you're still planning on evaluating and making a move, I like that you fact you played him over 16 minutes. Play him more. Play him 18 minutes. Knock on wood, this doesn't happen. But either Nurse or Kulak goes down on the left. You're like, what are you doing? You're you're putting in Nemo Linen and elevating Broberg to be a 20 plus minute a night guy. Like we, I I love the Oilers. I just I don't have the greatest belief i want us in in that specific situation if that were to unfold like i obviously hope he succeeds i want him to succeed but i want the oilers to succeed and if that means you know bringing in someone to support him and keeping bro because he, the Oilers have a ton of assets anyone who says they don't have a lot of assets to trade is off the wall um uh, i see everyone bringing up the jt for dumba stuff uh, jp for dumba stuff yeah didn't happen thank god i was happy that didn't happen that's why it caught me so off guard but i'm not falling for any more tricks in the chat i got twitter open this time I'm not falling for any of that but yeah um yeah just about philip broberg like we can't overreact to the great play let's keep it up let's see if he can grow let's see if he can get better but to me I would not let five games or six games now of Philip Broberg influence my decision whether or not we need another top four defenseman, whether it's a right shot or left shot. I think, honestly, Vincent DeHarnay's play has potentially influenced me more in that regard than um, Philip Broberg's. Vincent DeHarnay has been a completely different, like, archetype of defenseman. Six foot seven, mean, big, defends like a brick wall, but fantastic. He has better puck skills than you would expect. He's mean. Uh, he does everything, everything you could want and more. So, like, to me, he's someone I absolutely feel comfortable plugging in on the playoffs. Um, no tricks at all, merely spewing the typical Minnesota rumors I hear here. Yeah, I, I, I mean, if the Oilers are upgrading the right side, I don't think it would be Matt Dumba. I, again, I, I'm, I do like the Taves edition. You'd have to move out Warren Fogle and whatever deal, and you'd have to pay to, for someone to take that contract just based on the fact Bogle isn't a UFA. He's a year, another year left at 2.75. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I we saw earlier in the day uh, in Dana Nugent Bowman's article, The Athletic, they said the Oilers want to re-sign Derek Ryan. Would not mind that if they re-signed him under a million bucks. Um, whatever. Uh, Jesse was working on one-timers with Leon at practice. He was out for, not sure you see, I saw the picture of Jesse out for dinner with Leon Connor and Darnell. Like it seems from everything we see that Jesse is making the best of what is this not so good situation for him i guess we hit 30 likes awesome thank you guys 
Uh, this week's schedule coming up, maybe try 10 and 8. L Honestly, wouldn't want to put a pass yours. You run Hyman, Nuge, try saddle McDavid, Kane for 25 minutes each. <laughs> and you play your... Def oh, I don't even know. You run ne you call Nima line and back up. I, I saw they called up James Hamblin. Like to see him get back up in the lineup. He was really good fourth line center. Uh, Daki, I don't think I've seen you comment here before. Same with uh, Remy Duke, who I shouted out earlier, but glad to see new people in the chat every day. Personally, not a fan of CC, but I don't know what I'd do with him. I think the emergence of DeHarnay in the offseason allows you to move on from a guy like Cody CC potentially. And I know that's kind of an, uh, a little bit of an outrageous thing, and he's got term left, and who's taking that deal? Uh, but you have Bouchard, you have DeHarnay now on your right side. You can you can upgrade. I shouldn't say move on. You should you it allows you because we I think it's pretty certain that they're gonna move on from Tyson Berry this offseason. But it the emergence of DeHarnay because of the type of player he is allows you to upgrade uh CC into someone who could be a better partner for Nurse, maybe a little more that a little better offensively. Um, a, you know, making those passes. Uh, yeah, CC kind of is a one-trick pony. Come down the side, take a shot right in the crest. The only time I think that's ever been successful is actually in Game 7 against LA in the playoffs last year. Um, but yeah, that's me. That's a little bit radical of uh, thinking, but yeah. Um, but what else, guys? I'm, I'm chatting with the chat. Let me know. Is there anything I missed tonight? Anything you guys want to talk about? Um, any trade targets that are brand new? Um, other than that, yeah, let me just check here. Um, yeah, second period management. I get everything here. Uh, I liked Elliot Friedman's rant about confiscating signs. Thought that was really heartwarming. I think it's funny. You're like, who, who, what are they? Really we love our head coach. If the if, um, the Oilers would feature anyone who made a, uh, I love Dave Tippett or I love Jay Woodcroft uh, sign. So the fact that you literally your head coach is on the bench and I love Bruce Boudreaux. I support Bruce Boudreaux. No, you can't show that. That is like. One of the worst things I've ever heard an NHL organization do. That's disgusting. I'm like, he's literally your coach. Him, it makes no sense. Why is Kyle Domi yet? Domi would be sick. McDavid, yeah, we never touch on McDavid enough, Lindsay. So I know you're kidding, but I'm not kidding. Forty goal in forty eight games. It, it, tonight, tonight. Uh, when Connor McDavid was getting an odd man rush, especially after he scored, it, it looked like he was uh, overthinking the pass. This was. 2018-19 Connor McDavid. There was a lot of passes that kind of hit a Vancouver stick at the last second. Uh, he was trying to feed to Hyman, to Nuge, to dry a couple times, and uh, they weren't working out. There's many times I was yelling, I'm like, Connor, just shoot, just shoot. And you'd see when he'd get in that slot and he has that lane where he's been scoring so much from, like, you know, 15 feet out, he kind of walks like he... I don't even know the term in, in, in hockey would it be, but I would say like a Euro steps a defender and like just opens himself up, kind of a lane right to the net. And instead of taking the shot, he kind of passes it to Leon, standing at a pretty bad angle. And I, I noticed that a couple times tonight. I thought that was, there was something up. Like, McDavid probably himself could have got 41 and 42 tonight. But it seems like after he gets one, he goes into pass mode. Or at least tonight he did. Uh, Daki, underrated, but Nuge is having quite the air. Nuge should be at the All-Star game, too. He deserves it. He's having his best year of his career. He's going to smash his career high. Hyman smashed his career high today already. Uh, imagine people were calling that Zach Hyman contract one of the worst free agent signings in NHL history. It's going to age so bad. There's a realistic chance Zach Hyman has 40 goals this year. The Oilers have four players in the top 10 in NHL scoring. They make a combined um, under $30 million. That is bonkers now you got five you got five you got 8.5 and you got 
uh, 12.5. Yeah, it was nice to see Holloway. Holloway, yeah. I'm, thank you, MGD, for bringing up Holloway. Holloway was, uh, Holloway was a driver, man. That third, when 37, 71, and 55 were out in the ice together, they were consistently creating in the offensive zone. Dylan Holloway set up Derek Ryan. Uh, he got a pass from Connor McDavid and set up Derek Ryan for a beautiful chance who Spencer Martin robbed right in front. Um, yeah, Dylan Holloway, uh, let's just find his numbers. Okay, so today, actually, I mean, if you're just looking at the shot attempts, there were only four shots for the Oilers when he was on the ice and nine shots for the Canucks. But I thought every chance that Holloway created tonight um, was a really good one. You could see his skating. I like that he's confident. I think similar to Clem Costin, he's holding on to the puck for longer. He's not deferring as fast as even his veteran lineman, like Derek Ryan, you were seeing him defer to in the past. But that Fogle, McLeod, Holloway, they skate really fast. If Fogle was better shooter just slightly man would he have a ton of goals but that's not the case i think he had, he had multiple breakpoints multiple chances and nothing zach hyman created this zach hyman was always best forward tonight created a ton holloway i thought like like you pointed out in chat was awesome hyman uh likable net from dacby says likable net from presence kind of reminds me of ryan smith yeah i'm i only saw ryan smith in the twilight of his career uh but yeah I, that's what everyone says the way he just hangs onto the puck no matter what right to the net like doesn't matter if he's on the ice with Connor mcdavid wayne gretzky Derek Reiner, devin Shore. zach hyman is not passing to you he's taking it to the net he's gonna circle he's gonna take a shot uh and pocket track says holloway taking the shot but yeah that was another weird penalty there was there were some weird penalties uh from the officials tonight how holloway he didn't i don't think he dropped his gloves until after he got jumped like if holloway got the fight then that Peterson guy, who Lane Peterson, who jumped him, should have gotten an instigator. But they both got roughing, and Holloway had a clean hit. That should have been a roughing just on one guy, because Holloway, again, got jumped. He wasn't going to engage uh, until the guy started punching him in the head, or Lane Peterson did. So, yeah, really strange, really strange display of officiating tonight. I'm glad that Wise Kyle pointed out in the chat. We got week schedule coming up. Yeah, the others are going on a long stretch. We got... Columbus, and then we got Chicago. I'm not going to have Columbus. I believe they're the next game, but I'm not going to have them. I'm pretty sure that's just going to be Dennis soloing. Uh, and then Chicago on Saturday, I believe, will be me. And if Dennis can make it, it'll be Dennis. Or it might just be me and you guys in the chat again tonight. Or next week. But, yeah, man, I've been going for almost 40 minutes now. Uh, I'm so glad you guys can join us here. If you guys want to hit that like button one more time, it was so great for you all to be here. Uh, Game Over Edmonton will be back uh, Wednesday or Thursday, whenever they do take on Columbus. I think it's Thursday. And, um, yeah, that's it. The Oilers, the Oilers win a Bruce Boudreaux's swan song. The Oilers win 4-2 over the Vancouver Canucks. That's all from me. Let's play La Bomba, baby. Have a great rest of your night. Take care, everyone. Stay safe.